With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another book, and we got into all this sharing and, and spirituality and poetry, and it was like, wow. You know, it, I felt like I was seeing myself many decades ago in terms of what, you know, what I wrote and through. Uh, Charlie's into photography, I'm into art. But we both were writing poetry, and I, I think it's what's within us, you know, coming out. And so it just seemed natural to create a book, two of us. Well, the book is uh, phenomenal. We have got uh, Bernie Siegel with us today. He's an MD. He's a New York Times bestselling author of Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And uh, he continues his profound contribution uh, of wisdom and insights to our world with his brand new book, When You Realize How Perfect Everything Is, co-authored with his grandson, Charlie Siegel, who joins us today here on Skype. So tell us about when you realize how perfect everything is. Uh, th 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 this is a great book, Bernie. Talk to us about this and why you decided to do this with, uh, with Charlie. Well, I was impressed by Charlie. <laughs> um, you know, he, it, there's like an old man inside of him, uh, this spiritual <laughs> fellow. And, and so it, it just, as I say, it was like a natural connection. You know, I've loved him since he was a baby. He had, I don't know, you still have your dimples, Charlie? Yeah. He had just beautiful dimples, and I used his picture of himself as a baby to get people to love themselves. You know, you put Charlie's picture up in front of an audience, and they'd all go, oh. Then you put a picture of one of them up there, and they go, start laughing. I said, what's so funny? Why are you in awe of this beautiful child, but not of yourself? That was you one day. And so, so we've been for a long time. I just felt that Charlie, and I mean this literally, is sort of decades ahead of what most people achieve. That what he has looked into, what he's sensitive about, uh, his spiritual nature. That's why I said when I was talking to him about this other book and Things I was also finding in our house, because my wife died two years ago, and I was going through cleaning up. I couldn't believe things I found that I had written, um, you know, diaries, journals, articles, and uh, it was like, wow, you know, how did I forget that? But again, most of us bury it. But when I was sharing some of this with Charlie, it was just beautiful to have it come forth, and it seemed natural put together a book and the title I, I have always felt I mean it's something I always used to say that the, the world is perfectly imperfect um, we have everything we need it's imperfect to give it meaning you know if it, if it was a perfect world you wouldn't be writing books you wouldn't be having a program because who the hell needs it it's, everything's perfect <laughs> when, yes it isn't perfect, then you have a chance to share with other people 
what you've learned from your wounds and how you've helped to heal yourself in your life. And so those are two things, you know, we share. And I'm into art and paintings because that was a way I healed myself by doing portraits. Uh, Then the pain of being a surgeon just quieted down, went away over an hour or two. And Charlie also with his nature photography, because that was something I always used also as a way of healing and uh, just getting out in nature and, uh, you know, that nature is, is a teacher. I don't know if that's one of my poems. That that's one of the sections in our book, yeah. It is? Okay. Yeah. But I, I found that walking through nature, let me give you an example. Um, our house and surrounding land, which is just, an, you know, an acre and a half. I mean, I'm not on a farm was fenced in. So we had every kind of creature in the world uh, that we were rescuing and caring for. Uh, Veterinarians were always giving us all these creatures because they knew I and my kids and my wife loved them and took care of them. And one day I was walking around, notice where I put up fencing, I nailed it to trees. And the trees had grown around the nails. And I thought, wow. Why can't I do that when something's sticking me, you know? When somebody's driving me mad, you know, you could say sticking a knife in my back. Why don't I just grow around it and take it in? So, again, you know, when you look at these photographs Charlie's done of nature, they heal you too. If you just sat there and looked at them, it would improve your health. Well, it is a uh, fantastic book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles, and uh, we have got a a great guest with us today. Bernie and Charlie Siegel join us here in our broadcast, and they are chatting about their brand new book. Um, So what inspired each of you guys to write poetry on your views of life? Tell us about that, because uh, this, uh, this book is great. Uh, because it's got poetry in it, of course, the book, when you realize how perfect everything is. Uh, I'll start with, uh, start with Charlie. Uh, what inspired you to write poetry on your views of life? Uh, I started writing poetry back in like 2013 or so. Um, that was right around the time that I started my business as a photographer. Um, and it's, I've grown up with, um, I'm grateful to have grown up with a spiritual background that, that wisdom of the ages that you mentioned at the start of the program, that's my mom's uh, store and class center that she started when I was three. Uh, so I've grown up being around her teaching meditation and, and spiritual practices and uh, like a positive outlook on life. So having grown up with all that, the, the poetry is my own way of, of sharing those healing messages. And a lot of my poetry is taking sort of everyday concepts and turning them into more of a metaphor like what one of my pieces is all about coffee and you know are, are we the coffee being driven by the spoon or are we the spoon or are we the just the simple steam um, so there's a, a way of looking at life as more of a profound healing message than just the everyday and as I started to notice those things around me the, the poems just kind of happen um, there would be this idea that would follow me around until I gave it a voice and wrote it down uh, eventually I collected enough of my work that when I was sharing them back and forth with my grandfather he sent me his work and I sent him mine and um, there, there's so many of them that sync up together with a similar message uh, the book uh, flows like that conversation back and forth 
So, uh, so Bernie, your your thoughts on this, sir? Well, I, I mean, my thought is how wise and mature Charlie is. I mean, for him to really construct this and put it together. My poetry came from my pain. As I said, my I would write journals uh, just to get it out of my system. Uh, and, and let me just say, understand, because if you haven't been a physician, the suicide rate in doctors is higher than the general population. Yep. Because we're not trained to take care of people. Let me give you a sentence from Jung that really said a lot to me. He said, the diagnosis helps the doctor, but it doesn't help the patient. For there, the key thing is the story, where it alone shows human background and human suffering, and only at that point can the doctor's therapy begin to operate. And I think, in, in many ways, that's what our book is about, all our feelings, because I need to get it out of my system. I yes. knew it was hurting me, so I started writing journals and poetry just to express it. And then, the, you know, and then I became more aware of fun and humor, too. So they began to creep in, um, you know, about pets, about, I don't know, just about anything that entered in. Yeah, one was that I didn't write a poem today. I met one. I saw this beautiful child. And it was like, wow, that's a poem. You know, I mean, so my mind opened up in a different way. And I always share that my wife found my terrible journals filled with pain and troubles. And she was the one who woke up that there was nothing funny in there. I said, my life isn't funny. What are you talking about? And then she told me funny stories I told her and the kids at dinner time. But when it came to my journal, I didn't write the lovely things that happened. I wrote the terrible things that happened because I didn't want to keep them inside. And so in a way, as I started to write, and between my wife and my becoming more aware of the good things too, it, it just became a natural thing to sit down and write a poem. And I wasn't thinking of it as becoming a book. or But I used to love people who say, what do you mean it's a poem? It doesn't rhyme. I said, I'm not trying to rhyme words. I'm trying to share my feelings about them, you know, about life. And so, again, I think Charlie is in the same way, that we're trying to put something out there um, and not worrying about what people think when they read it, but it's something comes from within us. And then you realize, you know, we're all human, and what we have been through can help others. Uh, you know, I always call them the labor pain. So we can help people give birth to themselves and see the, you know, perfection in life and not be cursing it because of all their troubles. I call them labor pains in a sense, that we're giving birth to ourselves. And Charlie helped me that with myself by sharing what he has felt and written about. I can, I can give you an example if you want. I can read one of both of our poems. Yes, go ahead, my friend. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, the seven different sections I mentioned. It, it evolves as a deepening conversation. So it starts with more of like a personal perspective on looking at destiny as something you create and what you want to be in your own life and expanding into relationships, how that connects with others in, in your life. And we go out into a nature chapter, looking at nature as a teacher for us all. 
and eventually we go out into inner light and hello god and um, a, like a more of a broader uh, spiritual view and the topics but looking at our nature chapters it's a great example of what he was talking about we have one of one of my grandfather's poems called winter and one of mine called nature heals so this way that they they sort of sync up with a similar message but a different way that that we share it uh, so his his poem winter says winter arrives the trees huddle for warmth their branches intertwine they touch each other their family winter arrives the houses are shut we're alone we do not reach out for one another the lines are drawn no one crosses over and touches it's cold nature reaches out blends caresses there are no straight lines there are no boundaries we're one when it's time to weather the cold we warm one another Houses burn trees to keep warm, but it's not enough. Making a fire does not warm a home. Ask a tree why it cannot warm you by burning. Nature has all the answers. And then on the next page, we have my next piece in the conversation of our work back and forth. It's nature heals. When the days are tough and the nights grow cold and fierce, I turn to the blessed spirit of nature that I would not fight the grief, but I would pat it on the head and say, take a breath, my sweet, there's no reason to grow upset. Let the wind carry away the sharpness of the pain and soothe your aching bones. Let the trees sing you their songs of peace and let the sun warm your face. Here, together with the love of nature, we can be at peace. We have got... Uh, if you read my ahead. poem to me, I would not know I wrote it. <laughs> that's awesome it, it, it was a stage in my life I think when somebody else was inside of me you know, <laughs> trying to help me and writing it and that's why I felt so connected to Charlie it's like that's that other guy you know and that we were connected in that way um, by the past and what we've done now Bernie is it meaningful to you to co-author a book with your grandson Yes. I mean, what's meaningful is that it, it shows that other people, you know, found something in what the two of us have done. Yes. You know, others are judging you, you know, publish this, publish that. Um, so when they see something in it and are willing to do it, it confirms for me that what we're both saying is meaningful to everybody. Because I have to say, you know, publishers are interested in making a living, you know, selling books. So if what we have put together will be popular with the planet and the people on it, then that means a hell of a lot to me, that we're going to help a lot of people. Because I can't travel to every country and try to help everybody by speaking to them. But if we can send out books, then it will do something. It was nice to see that our, our book actually came out as the number one release in inspirational poetry on Amazon. So it was cool to see that um, we want to get that, like that kind of uplifting outlook out to people. We have got uh, two great guests with us today. They join us live here on our broadcast. So what's next for you guys? Uh, do you have any, uh, any plans to do another book? Uh, give, give us some details here. Well, I have two in the works. One will be out very shortly. The one I was putting together on spirituality, life and death. You know, I mentioned, I think, that my wife died two years ago. So we had many spiritual experiences. Um, I always say my life should be a movie because, uh, I mean, my whole life I've had incredible 
things happen to me from near-death experience, past lives, uh, you name it, it's happened to me. And, and, and that's part of why I've developed into who I was, because one of my patients is a mystic. And she said to me one day in the office, I know you're not an oral doctor, so I brought you a message from one of your dead patients. And she mentioned his name and what he said, and his wife, when I called her up, let out a scream. I said, I'm not trying to upset you. She said, no, that's what Frank said all the time when he left your meeting. So my mind is open, and I'd say Charlie's is too, and our hearts, to all these things that can happen and that we can express and share with people. Um, as I say, I don't know how I sat and wrote all those things back then, but I did because there are no coincidences. You know, it had to, I knew if I was going to survive, I had to get this out and express it. And I didn't write it to write a book and get everybody else to read it. I just wrote it because I felt better. And in rereading my own poetry, I love it. I, I, that's why I love to read over my old journals and other things to reread the lessons I've learned with time. And so when you connect with, you know, a like person, a like image uh, who agrees with you, then it's natural for us to come together and share. You know, when people come up and say, that's crazy, I can't believe that. You know, what I just told you, like a mystic was a patient of mine and said, I'll bring you a message. And somebody says to me, oh, that's nonsense. That can't be true. Uh, well, I'm not going to wrap up with that person. <laughs> I don't mind criticism. Uh, no, I guess the Sufi poet Rumi said it. Criticism polishes your mirror. In the old days, it used to be metal, polished metal as mirrors. So I don't mind criticism. So if people read the book and write me a letter saying that poem doesn't make sense, fine. Let's share. Let's talk. Let's communicate. We both learn. Uh, you know, they're not writing You're a horrible person. That. <laughs> There's no way to communicate when that's their opinion. But if they said, I don't think you really got the point. And that's why, again, with Charlie, we got the point together. You know, we could work on each other and share what we have expressed. And it's not about criticism, but about sharing feelings and experiences. And it just felt damn good. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm I'm working on my next novel now, and and I'm a nature and wildlife photographer, which my my photography illustrates our book. There's four of my photos in each section, um, and I sell my work as uh, fine art work, so prints and photo canvas and greeting cards and stuff. Um, so I'll continue with my photography, and I'm working on my next novel. And one of my favorite authors, Richard Bach, had a, a introduction to one of his books where he said he, he thought he was done writing novels and he was sitting at his living room one day and he said he felt like the character of his next book just like knocked down the wall and ran in and grabbed him and wouldn't let go till he told that character's story. And that, that's a lot of times what happens to me, whether it's a poem or a short story or a whole novel, uh, the, the story just kind of appears in me and it's, I got to give it a home and get its its story out to people. Um, so that that's part of my direction. Let me go. I mean, what Charlie said is the essence of what everybody who wants to be a writer needs to understand. I got one C in four years of college, creative writing, because I was thinking all the time. 
And then years later, I met Mario Buzo, you know, the author of uh, yes, The Godfather. Indeed. Yes, indeed. And his girlfriend said to me, I never understand what he's doing. I said, what do you mean? He says, I'm busy now. I have to go and write. And I look in, and he's sitting in his room, his office, and he isn't doing a damn thing. He's just sitting there. So I go in and say, you said you were going to write. You're not doing anything. I'm waiting for the character to tell me what to write. See? He's waiting for them to say something to him, then he'll write it down. And that's just what you said, Charlie. Yeah. See? And that is the essence. If you can do that, you can become a writer. As I said, I was an artist. I could see things, but I couldn't put words together because it's like the science major, you know, who's going to be a doctor. I, it, it just didn't work for me. But today, I can quiet my mind and listen. Meditation helps a lot. Yeah. Working on all that. Yeah, and if you can't quiet your mind, then you're never going to have this happen to you. You're not going to hear that voice that's going to write a book for you. Well, you guys are fantastic. I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on and, uh, and chatting with us. But both of you guys are great. Thank you for having us. Thank and, you. And uh, we will be in touch. You can pick up the book on Amazon, and uh, you can also check out their websites. We'll have all that information listed on our website at JiggyJaguar.com. Thank you, gentlemen, and I will be in touch. Have yourself a wonderful day, both of you. Thank you, you too. Thanks, guys. There they go. And uh, we are going to take a timeout here on our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.